Let me tell you about one of the dumbest things I ever did in my life. I was traveling with my best friend. It was a 500 mile road trip. We had gone to a friend's wedding and we were heading back home. We were driving from San Antonio, Texas to El Paso, Texas. That's about a 500 mile drive. And there is pretty much nothing between San Antonio and El Paso except open road and desert. Well, we didn't do a whole lot of planning for this trip. I mean, well, we didn't do any planning for this trip. So we had borrowed a truck from another friend of ours, but we didn't know how much mileage we were going to get. We didn't plan where we should stop to fill up. We just got in the truck and started driving. About three and a half hours into our trip, maybe four hours into our trip, we we, uh, started uh, looking at the gas gauge and we came to the realization that we were pretty close to running out of gas and we were still several miles from the next town. Well, I'm not going to throw my friend under the bus because this, this was my decision. I I came up with, with a brilliant plan. I told him, look, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's night and we are going to run out of gas. I mean, I, I, that's, that's going to happen. We are going to run out of gas. So let's do this. There should be some highway troopers somewhere around here. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to drive fast. I mean, I'm, I'm going to break the speed limit by like a lot. And hopefully we'll get pulled over. And then the police officer can take us and we can fill up our truck with gas. I mean, we might get a ticket or whatever, but at least we won't be stranded out in the middle of nowhere. And so for whatever reason, my best friend, my bro thought it was a good idea. And he said, yeah, awesome. Let's do it. So I gripped the wheel and I just let it rip. And now we're going on Interstate 10 at 90, 92, 93, 95 miles an hour. And we're just both like just hanging on to our seat. I've got the, the steering wheel gripped tight and I'm just going and I'm just waiting to see those red and blue flashing lights And the thing is that we never got pulled over. We ended up running out of gas and we had to push the truck for several miles to the next town. All of that happened because we didn't have a plan. We should have taken time to plan that trip a little bit better and we wouldn't have found ourselves in that situation if we had just taken time to make out a plan, just a a simple plan. No big deal, just, hey, we should stop here for gas and we should stop here for gas. A simple plan would have helped us avoid making a horrible decision that could have ended up with some pretty bad consequences. Now, for this episode of the Christian Bro Code Podcast, here's what I wanna ask you. Do you have a plan for overcoming temptation when temptation hits you? If you don't, You're setting yourself up to make some pretty bad decisions. You need a plan. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode of the Christian Bro Code Podcast. All right, bro, let's get started. You're listening to the Christian Bro Code Podcast, a discipleship podcast for men dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth with your host, Mario Escobedo. What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Welcome to the Christian Bro Code Podcast. This is episode number six, and this is the Men's Discipleship Podcast dedicated to adding value to your spiritual growth. I'm your host, 
Mario Escobedo. Hey, I want you to join the conversation, the Christian Bro Code conversation. To do that, join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group. You can find that group by going to my website, MarioEscobedo.com, and click on the button that says click here to join the conversation. That'll get you started to join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group group, and you can add comments there, ask for prayer, uh, give encouraging words to other guys, other bros. It's just a place where we can have some conversation. Also, if you do me this huge favor, I need you to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. When you do that, you're giving other bros the opportunity to find this podcast and opportunity to add value to their spiritual growth as well. I'd love for you to subscribe, whether you're using iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you are, subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, and definitely leave a review. I'd love to ask you for a good review, but I'm not going to do that. What I'm asking for is an honest review. If you want to give you one star because you think that's what this podcast is worth, then go ahead and do it. I want an honest review from you because you're my bro. And I know that you'll do that as a bro. I'd love a five-star rating. I'd love a great review. But more than that, what I want is an honest review. Now, if you've been listening for some time now to the Christian Bro Code podcast, you'll, you've heard me say this every single episode. I'm recording in the real world. I do not have a professional recording studio. I'm at home. And so you're going to hear stuff in the background from time to time, but that's all right. We'll power through it because that's what bros do. And on top of that, I don't do any editing to the episodes that I record. So you're going to hear me mess up. You're going to hear mistakes. You're going to hear me uh, stumble over my words. And that's okay. That, that's all right. I, I want this just to be raw and real because that's what conversations are. They're not rehearsed. They're real. So hey, in this conversation, a plan. Do you have a plan for overcoming temptation when temptation hits your life? It's going to happen. You are going to face temptations at some point, at several points in your life from here until you die. And I I really think that if you have a plan things are going to go much better for you. So here's the big idea that's going to drive this episode's conversation. Don't just hope that you'll be able to overcome temptation. Have a plan to overcome temptation. Let me say that again, because we're all going to encounter temptation at one point or another, and in fact, in several points in our lives. And so here's the big idea that's going to guide the, the conversation for this episode. Don't just hope that you'll be able to overcome temptation. Have a plan to overcome temptation. And right at this point, I want to introduce to you yet another article of the Christian Bro Code. Article number 14 of the Christian Bro Code says like this, a Christian bro has a plan for overcoming temptations. Article number 14 of the Christian Bro Code, a Christian bro has a plan for overcoming temptations. And what I want to share with you, part of this plan I want to share with you five strategies. I'm going to call them strategies. Five strategies that you can begin to implement as of right now, as of day one, begin to implement strategies to overcome temptations that you will inevitably face. And let's just dive right into this. Strategy number one for overcoming temptations. Strategy number one. Very simple. It should be obvious to all of us, but here it is. Avoid tempting situations. Look at what Proverbs 22, 3 says. It says, the prudent see danger and take refuge. They avoid dangerous situations, but the simple, they keep going and they pay the penalty. The simple, let's put this in the context of temptation, the simple, 
they keep going and they fall. They give into temptation. But someone who is wise, a bro who is wise, a bro who is prudent, avoids tempting situations. He sees that there's danger in that, in that tempting situation, whatever it may be. And so what does the Christian bro do? He avoids those situations altogether. If you know that you struggle with an area of sin or with temptation, then do everything you have to do to avoid that particular temptation. It's as easy as that. Well, I guess it's easier said than done, right? But if you know that you struggle with this particular sin, you, you're always tempted to do this particular sin, then do everything you have to do to avoid putting yourself in those situations where you're going to have to face or encounter that temptation or that sin. Avoid tempting situations. Eliminate the source of the temptation or the sin. I don't know what kind of stuff you're watching on TV. I don't know what kind of websites you're accessing, uh, accessing, accessing. I don't know. What, I don't know what kind of websites you're visiting. That's a whole lot easier. But if you're know, if you know that you struggle with watching certain things on television or on the internet, then maybe you need to do what you have to do to block those stations, those channels, those websites. Maybe you need to cancel your subscription to HBO or to Showtime, wherever you're watching all these things, so that you can avoid tempting situations. Avoid that stuff. Eliminate it. Cut it out at the at the root. Get rid of that stuff. Maybe you have to put some kind of internet filter. Uh, website filter on on your on your home internet so that you can avoid those things if that's your area of temptation whatever your area of temptation is then eliminate the source of the temptation or the sin so that you don't have to encounter those tempting situations you're avoiding those tempting situations now let me give you a piece of advice if if you're married and this applies to you even if you're a younger bro who's not married yet this this will still work for you but i'm i'm going to kind of go back and forth between the single bro and the married bro let me start with the the married bro if you want to avoid tempting situations here's something that you should do man I, since i started doing this i feel life has been better for me go to bed at the same time your wife goes to bed yeah you heard me go to bed at the same time that your wife goes to bed. If you're a single bro, then I'll say it this way, go to bed early. Now, there are tons of benefits of going to bed early, but I'm talking in the context of, of temptation. Now, why? Well, it's my belief that it's a lot harder for you to avoid or to resist temptation later in the night. And, and there's actually some science to back this up. There are There's some research, there's some science that, that suggests that your willpower diminishes by the end of the day. What that means is that you can't resist temptation as easily at the end of the day as you could at the beginning of the day. Some scientists or some researchers have likened it to this, that your willpower is just like any other muscle you use throughout the day. And when you wake up in the morning well-rested and, and you, you know, you're starting off your day, you could probably lift a 40-pound box or a 40-pound bag with no problem. But as the day wears on and you're doing more work and more work and more work, by the time evening hits, your muscles are fatigued. Your muscles aren't as, as ready and as strong as they were at the beginning of the day. So whereas in the morning you could lift 40 pounds with no problem, at night you're going to struggle a little bit because you've fatigued your muscles. Well, there's research to suggest that willpower works in the same way. You wake up in the morning and your willpower is like at full strength. And so you can resist stuff early in the morning, early in the day with no problem because your willpower is at full strength. But 
you go throughout your day and throughout your day you're having to resist temptations of of all kinds i mean just i mean nothing major but maybe just the temptation of of holding your tongue right when your when your coworker says something and, and you just you just want to lash out at them or maybe the temptation of of not saying something bad about the person in the cubicle next to you or whatever all those little temptations you're always having to overcome those temptations and you use your willpower to do that well just like your muscles get fatigued throughout the day because you're using them throughout the day, your willpower also gets fatigued throughout the day because you're using your willpower throughout the day. So what happens when nighttime comes, just like your body and your muscles are tired, your willpower is also depleted. It's also tired. And so when you're confronted with a tempting situation, there's a, a higher probability that you're going to give in to that temptation because you're just fatigued. There's a syndrome or, I don't know, a condition known as decision fatigue. You make thousands of tiny decisions throughout the day. You may not realize it, but they take a mental toll on you so that when nighttime comes and you've experienced this, we've all experienced this, we're just like, you know what? I I, I don't want to think about it right now. I, I don't want to have to make that decision right now. I'm, I'm tired. My brain is fried. I don't want to make that decision right now. That's called decision fatigue. And what happens is that when you're forced to make a decision, but you're experiencing decision fatigue, you will likely go with the easiest decision. You will likely go with the path of least resistance. And when we're dealing with temptation and you're presented with a situation where you have to decide, am I going to fight against this, uh, avoid this, or am I going to give into it? Well, if you've got decision fatigue, you're going to go with the path of least resistance, which typically is going to be giving in to the temptation. Now, this is why I say it's a good idea to go to bed at the same time when your wife goes to bed, because when she's already in bed and you're still either watching TV or surfing the internet, you've got decision fatigue, your willpower has depleted from throughout the day, and if you're presented, you're put in a compromising situation, there's a better chance that you're going to give in to that temptation. But think about this, if you're lying in bed next to your wife and you're asleep, you're avoiding tempting situations. You're eliminating the source of the temptation because you're right there in bed. And now decision fatigue and the fatigue of your willpower isn't as much of an issue anymore because you've eliminated the source of temptation and you've decided to avoid tempting situations. So strategy number one, avoid tempting situations. Now, I know I spoke a lot about, about marriage and for bros who are married, but this applies to bros who are single too, because the later you stay up, man, you're up at 1 2 o'clock, 2 30 in the morning, you've got that decision fatigue. It's going to be easier for you to give into a temptation and sin because you've got that decision fatigue, because your willpower, you've been using it throughout the day. And so now it's just at a depleted source or a depleted level. So Strategy number one, avoid tempting situations. Just, just don't put yourself in a situation where you know it's going to be easier for you to give into temptation. Strategy number two, be accountable to somebody who is mature and somebody whom you trust. Be accountable to somebody who is mature and whom you trust. Proverbs 27, 17, you know this, this is what it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person or so one bro sharpens another. 
you need some kind of accountability and it, it's not to impress other bros it's not for other bros to make you feel bad if you if you don't do so well no it's it's, it's an accountability uh, feature it's it's accountability for you to have somebody to go to and say hey man i'm struggling with this hey can can you help me out with this hey, hey can you pray for me that accountability is is valuable it's going to help you avoid temptations and not fall into sin but notice how i worded how i worded this it has to be somebody who is mature and somebody whom you trust in my opinion if you're going to be accountable to somebody it should be somebody who is at the very least at the same level of spirituality as you, if not stronger. Now, I, I don't know exactly how you measure that. There's no measure. There's no way to weigh or, or measure spirituality. But I mean, you, you kind of know. You 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 can uh, identify bros who are strong in their faith. They're mature in their faith. You can identify those bros, and you can identify the bros who maybe aren't doing so hot, right? So identify those bros who who are 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 stronger than you. They're, they're they're more mature than you in your faith because what will happen is if you choose to be accountable to somebody who is younger in their faith or weaker than you in your struggles, they're going to pull you down. They're not going to be able to pull you up. They're not going to be able to, to hold up your arms, so to speak. If they're weaker than you and younger than you in your faith, in their faith, the chances are that they're not going to be able to support you and strengthen you. They're going to pull you down. So you need somebody of maturity. You need somebody to whom you can look up to. Somebody who's going to be there, somebody who's maybe been through the same stuff that you're going through, has overcome the same types of temptations that you're that you're facing and you're, you're facing and you're struggling. And, and they're there and they've got that maturity and the experience and they can pull you up rather than bring you down. And again, it also has to be somebody who you trust. You have to trust this individual because you need to be sure that this person isn't going to go around blabbing all your business to everybody they talk to. You need to trust this person because the minute, the second that you think that they're telling your stuff to other people, of course, you're not going to trust them anymore and you're not going to share with them anymore and you're not going to want to be accountable to that person anymore. You have to be able to trust them. You have to be able to, to open up to them, to confide in them, and just lay everything bare to them, knowing that you can trust them not to go blab your business to anybody else, but also very important, they're going to hold you accountable, but they're not going to judge you. And, and there, there's a difference in my mind between holding another bro accountable and judging another bro. One is meant to look down on you. You judge someone, you look down on them. You embarrass them, you shame them, but when you hold somebody accountable, it's for their benefit and it's for their growth. So you need to be able to trust this person so that they don't go blabbing everything to everybody and so that you know that you're in a safe space, that they're not going to judge you when you come to them with the struggles and the temptations that you're facing. Now, if you're a, a, a married bro, then definitely, in my opinion, one of the people to whom you need to be accountable is to your wife. Now, there are some struggles and temptations that you shouldn't, in my opinion, you shouldn't share with your wife. There are some things that, you know, you need other bros to help you get through them. You maybe shouldn't share them with your wife, but there definitely has to be a level of accountability to your wife. And and let me give you just one example of how you can be accountable to your wife. And, and I'm going to challenge you a little bit if you're not doing this to, to start doing this as a measure of accountability to your wife. 
your wife should have full access to everything you access on the internet and on your phone. If you have a passcode on your phone, your wife should know it. Your wife should have full access to your Facebook account, to your email, unless it's a work email that's confidential. Anything, your personal email accounts, any social media platforms where you are, any any engagement that you have online or on your telephone, your wife should have full access to it. This is, this is kind of a, a covenant or an agreement that my wife and I have. She has 100% access to everything that's on my phone, everything that's on my computer. She can get, my phone does have a pass lock and I have a fingerprint scanner on my phone, but her fingerprint is registered on my phone. At any moment, she can pick up my phone and scan her her fingerprint and she's in. She can see everything I've done on Facebook. She could see every single text I've ever sent. We have an agreement that we don't delete texts. That's a family-wide agreement. We told our daughters, the day we see you delete a text or we find out that you deleted a text, we shut down your phone. And the same thing with my wife and me. We don't delete text messages. It's that level of accountability. We want each other to know that we're on the up and up, that you can you can get my phone and you can see everything that's on there. I don't have a problem with it. You should have full access to my phone. And that's just something that we've decided to do. My wife can see all my internet history. She can come to my computer. She can see every website where I've been, all the Facebook messages that I've sent. I mean, she, she sees it all. Actually, the only thing she doesn't see is the Christian Bro Code Facebook group because that's just for bros. But that's an agreement that we have with each other because we want to sh- have that shared accountability. I want her to know you can trust me and here I'm accountable to you. Now, I- I'm a pastor. And too many times I-, I speak with wives that come asking for pastoral counsel and they tell me, you know, I- I- I'm-, I'm concerned because from the moment my husband wakes up to the moment he leaves from for work and he comes back and he goes to bed he never puts his phone down he he guards his phone he always has it with him and 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 I don't have access to his phone and that that's a red flag for me that's that's not being accountable to your wife uh with me and I'm I'm understand bro I'm I'm not putting myself up as the as the perfect model the perfect example but I leave my phone wherever in the house. My iPad, my computer is unlocked. I mean, it's it's just there because I don't want my wife to be guessing or or uh, you know to be suspicious of any activity that I'm that I'm engaging in on my phone, my iPad, or my computer. So I mean, I, I don't. I get home and I just leave my phone on the desk or wherever. I don't guard it with me or have it with me and guard it because my wife has full access access to it one person to him you need to be accountable is your wife and now that uh, gadgets and phones and tablets are so prevalent in everything that we do your wife should have full access to all of your online activity that's a personal conviction for me but i think it's a good one it's just a good piece of advice for any christian bro who's married to follow strategy number three this actually ties into the story i shared with you at the top of the of the episode have a plan before temptation arrives. That's strategy number three. Have a plan before temptation arrives. Look at Proverbs 13, 16. It says, wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And they even brag about their foolishness. 
So here's what I'm talking about when I say have a plan before temptations arrive. Temptation arrives. At the moment that you're facing temptation, you're not thinking straight. You're thinking not with your mind, not even with your spirit. You're not being led by the Holy Spirit at that moment. The moment that you're facing temptation, you're being guided by emotions. You're not thinking rationally. You're not thinking straight. And it's easier to give into temptation at that moment because you're just not thinking straight. And so what you should do, here's a strategy, have a plan before temptation arrives. Think about what you're going to do when temptation arrives when you're not being tempted. So at, at a moment, maybe when you're having your, your personal time with God, your devotional time with God, you're reading the Bible, you're praying, at that moment, if you know there's a particular area and you struggle with this area, it's a source of temptation and, and even potentially sin that you give into these temptations. At a moment when you're not faced with that temptation, you're not staring it right in the eyes, you're alone with God, start to elaborate a plan that you're going to implement at the moment when you face temptation. So that at the moment of temptation, you're not trying to figure out, oh my gosh, what do I do? What should I do here? How do I get out of this situation? How do I get uh, resist this temptation? No, think about that plan ahead of time and rehearse that in your mind. Put yourself in that situation of facing that temptation and just walk through, visualize what it is that you're going to do when you face that temptation. That's what Proverbs 13, 16 is saying. Wise people think before they act. And you can apply that in so many different things. Rehearse, visualize in your mind what it is that you're going to say at the moment of temptation. What it is you're going to do, how you're going to respond, how you're going to react at the moment of temptation. Play that in your mind. Play the tape. I don't know if you've heard that before. Play the tape. It goes to to Michael Phelps, the uh, Olympic uh, gold medal swimmer. I mean, I think I think the dude has, I don't know how many gold medals the guy's the guy has. He's won more gold medals by himself than some countries, all their athletes combined. I mean, this guy is just amazing. And if you if you read a little bit about Michael Phelps, uh, you'll you'll discover that he has this sort of technique called play the tape. And his coach is the one who taught him the technique of play the tape. And so before every swimming match, his coach would tell him, play the tape. Now, what does that mean? Michael Phelps would visualize the perfect race. He would visualize, I mean, just in every detail, he would visualize himself getting up on the starting block. He would visualize himself diving into the water, the perfect dive. He would visualize every single stroke as the perfect stroke, what the perfect stroke would look like when he had to turn around and start coming back in the other direction. He would visualize the perfect turnaround, the perfect flip underwater, the the readjustments that he had to make, everything. He just, detail by detail by detail, he played the tape before every race and he visualized exactly exactly what he was going to do at every moment of the race he played the tape and now there's some science to back this up that when you do something that when you visualize a particular action in that way it begins to penetrate into your mind and so when you're at the moment when you actually have to commit that action or do that action your mind just kind of begins to kick into high gear and it begins to do what it visualized or what you visualized your body doing and i think you can do that for facing temptation Picture yourself confronting that temptation you struggle with, but 
picture yourself taking the necessary actions to overcome that temptation. Just picture yourself responding perfectly to that temptation. You're confronting that situation and, and you, you, you visualize, you play the tape. When I hit this situation of, of temptation, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what my right hand is going to do. My left hand is going to do this. I'm going to walk this way. This is what I'm, I mean, just visualize every single detail of how you're going to respond to that temptation so that the, when that moment arrives, when you're actually facing that temptation face to face, you, you just kind of kick it in your spirit and your mind. It just kicks in and it does what you've been visualizing. Now, I, I have this this practice that I do from time to time. I don't do it all the time, but I do it when I know I'm going to have a, a particularly busy week or day. Here's what I do. I, I journal the future. Now, let me explain what that means. Let's say um, on Monday night, I'm looking at my calendar for Tuesday and I see that, whoa, Tuesday is going to be packed and uh, I, I want to accomplish certain things on Tuesday. So here's what I do. On Monday, I journal. But what I journal, I'm not journaling Monday, the day of Monday. I'm journaling the future. I'm journaling as if it were already Tuesday night. Okay. I, I, I don't know if that's confusing, but it's Monday. It's Monday night but I'm writing in my journal as if it were Tuesday night and I write what that Tuesday looked like. I'm doing it ahead of, a day ahead of time, but I'm writing what my Tuesday looked like. And so I, I write like if I'm already going to bed on Tuesday night the next day and I write, today I did this and today I did this and today I was distracted by this, but I got back into gear and I, I did what I had to do. And today I accomplished these three major things that I wanted to accomplish. Now, remember, I'm writing this a day ahead. But what that allows my mind to do is just to kind of take that information and begin to, I don't know, hardwire it or encode it or whatever, so that when I wake up the next morning all night long, my mind has been churning that information and saying, okay, so this is what, ha this is what has to happen today. This is what's going to happen today. And I discover that when I do that, when I journal the future, I discover that my day goes like I want it to go. Are there deviations? Yeah. Are there distractions? Of course. But I've hardwired my day into my mind. And guess what? By the time Tuesday night rolls around, I reflect and I say, with minor exceptions, my day went just the way I wanted it to go. What did I do? I played the tape. I did it ahead of time. I had a plan before going into the next day. And I think that when it comes to temptations and overcoming temptations, you need to have a plan before temptation arrives. Play the tape. Make sure you play the tape. Back to the big idea. Don't just hope that you're going to be, over, be able to overcome temptation. Have a plan to overcome temptation. And one of the ways to do that is to play the tape. Have a plan before temptation actually arrives. Strategy number four, final strategy. Here we go. And this is the most important strategy. And this is why I saved it for last. Final strategy, find your strength in God. Find your strength in God. The strength to overcome temptation, don't try to rely on yourself. Don't try to find it in your own self. Find your strength in God 
to overcome temptation. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience, and God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. But here's here's the important part. When you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Rely on God. Find your strength in God to overcome the temptation. There's another portion that that Paul wrote where I'm going to paraphrase here because I don't have it right in front of me, but Paul wrote essentially something like this, that in our weakness, God's strength is perfected. All this talks about is finding your strength in God and not relying on your own strength to overcome temptation. Sometimes as a bro, you need to be weak. I know that kind of sounds counterintuitive. You want to say, no, I need to be strong. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get that. But you need to find your strength in God, not in your own self. Allow God's strength to be perfected in your weakness. This is a flaw that we have as bros sometimes that we feel that we always have to be strong, that in our family we always have to be the strong ones, that we always have to be strong. And, and, and that's good. That's, that's a good attitude. But sometimes it can get to the point that we think that we rely on our own strength to get through the day, to overcome temptations, and we don't allow ourselves to be weak so that God's strength can be perfected in us. And I think Paul tells us in more than one instance that what we need to do as Christian bros is to rely on God's strength, find our strength in God. I'm going to tell you something. We, you can implement strategies one, two, and three, but if you're not finding your strength in God, then I don't know if those other three strategies are going to work all that well. They might work for a while, but they're going to crumble eventually. You need to find your strength in God. When you're being tempted, you're, you're confronting a tempting situation, find your strength in God. Get down on your knees and ask God to give you the strength that you need to overcome the temptation that you're facing at that moment. Find your strength in God to overcome temptations. So again, the big idea for this episode, for this conversation, don't just hope that you'll be able to overcome temptation. Have a plan to overcome temptation. And the four strategies I shared with you, number one, avoid tempting situations. Number two, be accountable to somebody who is mature and whom you trust. Strategy number three, have a plan before temptation arrives. Play the tape. Strategy number four, find your strength in God to overcome temptation. And I repeat, the Christian Bro Code article number 14, a Christian bro has a plan for overcoming temptations. All right, bro, that's it for this episode. I hope this added value to your spiritual growth. And again, I want you to join the conversation. Go to my website, marioescobedo.com. Look for the button that says, click here to join the conversation. That'll take you on the journey to join the Christian Bro Code Facebook group where you can comment, ask for prayer, all that kind of stuff that bros need and all the stuff that we can do to help each other out. Also, join my mailing list. That way you're always notified when there's a new episode of the Christian Bro Code podcast. You can do that at my website, marioescobedo.com forward slash subscribe, but pretty much any page on my website has a subscribe button. And I promise you from one bro to another, I'm not going to spam you. I'm not going to send you junk mail, nothing like that. It's just going to be to notify you anytime there is a new episode of the Christian Bro Code podcast. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review. 
I don't need a good review. I need an honest review. And also, hey, why don't you share this stuff? Share this stuff on Facebook. Share this stuff with other bros. Point other bros in the direction of this Christian uh, Bro Code podcast. That way they can also add value to their spiritual growth. All right, bro. I'm looking forward to future conversations, future episodes of the Christian Bro Code podcast. Have some pretty exciting stuff planned. I think you're going to like it. All right, bro. I'll catch you later.